Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Burtzel, no Jake, no Adam, of course. This is the Tuesday waiver show. Hopefully, everyone had a very, very successful week four, a very lovely and wonderful week four. Lots of points were scored. Hopefully, everyone's Monday night was successful. I know I nearly lost in two separate places to Debo Samuel and Cooper Cups. So that was a bit of a sweat. But outside of that, it was a very successful week four for me. Hopefully, you all can say the same. And now it is time to go from week four to week five. And talking about the waiver wire ads of the week. But of course, what would we do in a, how would we go about assessing waivers without talking about the injuries? Because it just seems like the injuries are picking up a bit more than they normally would. And we have to start, first of all, with the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor. There are reports out there that Jonathan Taylor could, in fact, have a high ankle sprain. We have not heard official confirmation from the Indianapolis Colts as to whether or not those reports, those speculations are true. If they are true, then Jonathan Taylor could be ready to miss approximately three or four weeks due to the injury, which, of course, would be just... It would be somewhat of a death blow to fantasy managers. Of course, he was, by and large, the number one pick in a lot of fantasy leagues. But what happens if Jonathan Taylor is, in fact, down? Well, Naeem Hines obviously would get um, a bit more playing time. But then, what's after that? Because I don't think anybody really thinks that Naeem Hines is going to be the guy that turns into the RB1 for the Indianapolis Colts. Who, who could that guy then be? Well, the guy that I am earmarking, and we'll talk about him more uh, when, we get to, when we get to waivers, is Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay has been on the practice squad for the Indianapolis Colts. He has not yet been activated. We haven't had official confirmation on that. But it just seems like that he is a natural candidate to be activated to the active roster for the Indianapolis Colts. So something to keep an eye on and something we will, we will come back to um, when we get going into the whole waiver segment of the show. Another injury, but a, a happier return here. Brian Robinson Jr. of the Washington Commanders. He is His window is open. That is the quote that came from Ron Rivera to be activated from the pup list or the non-football injury list, this is an unbelievable story, just in and of of itself. The fact that, you know, where we were four weeks ago from the incident that he had, it's unbelievable that Brian Robinson is going to come back, and really, good for him uh, for being able to resume his NFL career, or at least start it. You remember, he's a rookie and hasn't even started it yet. Um, and now he will get the opportunity to do so with the Washington Commanders. What's going to be interesting about Brian Robinson is what what kind of opportunity does he get from the jump? Is he a guy that immediately comes in and takes a significant chunk of Antonio Gibson's time? Or is he going to be a guy that slowly, surely becomes the alpha in, in, in this offense? I'm not sure which side I kind of lean on. I would think that they ease him into it, if anything. But do I think that Brian Robinson becomes the starter in time? I'm not quite sure. But with that being said, he must be rostered in all fantasy leagues. All fantasy leagues, he is a a great flyer to have if he is available in your leagues. 
you must, 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 must go and pick up Brian Robinson. Tua Tungavailoa, he is going to be out for week five against the New York Jets, so Teddy Bridgewater will draw the start against the New York Jets going back to Washington. Jahan Dotson is expected to miss one to two weeks with a hamstring injury. That is good news for anybody that has Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, so that would mean more opportunities and more touchdown looks for those two and also for Logan Thomas as well. Rashad Bateman has a foot injury. He is day-to-day, according to Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. The injury is not deemed to be serious, but should be a factor on this week's injury reports. It is far from confirmed that Rashad Bateman is going to play this week. Staying in Baltimore, Gus Edwards will start practicing with the Baltimore Ravens, so add another running back to this backfield. Obviously, we saw J.K. Dobbins have a huge day against the Buffalo Bills, but now you bring Gus Edwards back into the fold as he is working his way back from a torn ACL. Uh, The Ravens will have 21 days to place him on the active roster. Some Giants injury news. Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson are both making progress and could, could potentially practice this week. Russell Wilson dealing with a dinged-up shoulder. Uh, That is obviously not what we want to hear, and he has a short week as well. So maybe this is one that you, if you are a Russell Wilson fantasy manager, maybe you look for an alternative option instead of having to go with Russell Wilson Thursday night against the Colts. Sticking with the Broncos, of course, the just devastating injury to Javante Williams, ACL, LCL, he is out for the season. Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone are the two running backs that are candidates there, but the Broncos did sign Latavius Murray off of the New Orleans Saints practice squad, and listen, I think Latavius Murray is going to have a part to play in this offense. I I really do. I think this is going to end up being a mess, and it is a wait and see, but right now, if I had to pick one, I am going to say that Melvin Gordon is the guy that I want. But who has the most touchdown upside? I kind of lean with Lat Murray. And it's crazy that I'm saying it. Crazy, crazy, crazy that I'm saying it. Going from one injury-plagued backfield to another. The Atlanta Falcons, of course, Cordero Patterson has a knee injury. He is going to be out for a minimum of four weeks. Head coach Arthur Smith did say that it is likely that Cordero Patterson returns sooner rather than later. So obviously that is good news and there is hope that Cordero Patterson will only miss the minimum of four weeks. But if there is one running back in this backfield that I want to pick up, well, first of all, your options are really looking like Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. Tyler Algier for me would be the guy that's the next in line to receive the majority of the work. But Caleb Huntley passed the eye test, and he was someone that was featured was, was featured on, on Sunday after Cordero Patterson went out with the injury against the Browns. He looked really, really explosive. He looked hard. He was finding open holes. He ran with a bit of a burst, which was just, it was, it was, it was impressive, and it was very much on, uh, on display. And if Anybody needs to go and see that. I mean, there are a thousand different resources that you could use to go and, and, and watch a little bit of Caleb Huntley. But he's a guy that I'm very interested in. I'm also I'm also interested in, in Algier. But I think the sneakier play is, in fact, going to be Caleb Huntley going out, getting him, and just seeing what's there. 
because I kind of think that Algier is going to be the guy that a lot of people want. I know a lot of those that are in fab leagues, I, I think Algier is going to be the guy that people are interested on. And yes, we'll be talking about him in this episode uh, with the waivers. But some, something just tells me that Caleb Huntley is going to have a part to play in this offense and that maybe Huntley could be had for a little bit cheaper than Algier would. So keep an eye out for for Caleb Huntley because that's one that I'm very very interested in. And then just some uh just just some other notes here. Malcolm Brown was elevated from the practice squad of the Los Angeles Rams. So add to this absolute mess that that exists now with Cam Akers and Terrell Henderson and I just don't think either of them look that good. If I'm being really, really honest, I know that I was the biggest Cam Akers guy in the world, but they both don't look that good. Um, so Malcolm Brown definitely has an opportunity here to, to seize some snaps in the backfield for the Los Angeles Rams moving forward. Alrighty, so let's go to waivers, and we are going to start with the quarterbacks as we normally do. And the first one that we are going to talk about, we're just going to give our top three waiver wire ads for the quarterback position. So the my third ad of the week, I'm going to be going with Jameis Winston of the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, he is hurt right now. We don't know what the um, what his status is going to be for this upcoming week. But if he if you are in deeper 12, 14 team leagues um, and super flex, that is an option that I absolutely would be going out and considering. Number two, I'm going with Geno Smith because Geno Smith looks great. He looks in command of the Seattle offense. Can't believe I would be saying it, but here we are, and this is the world that we are living in, that Geno Smith actually looks like a half-competent starting quarterback in the National Football League. Geno Smith is someone that you need to, you need to own in 12, 14-team leagues and absolutely as a third quarterback option in Superflex, or if you're even struggling and you need Geno, Fle- uh, Geno Smith excuse me, to be starting um, as a Superflex option, why not? Why not? You could do a whole lot worse out there. I mean, I see people that are starting Jameis. I see people that are starting Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield. Geno Smith, I would rather have all of over all of those guys. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And then number one, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the quarterback to have on on waivers this week. And if you said to me, coming into the week, that Jared Goff was going to have 34 fantasy points, with both Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown out, I would have said you're crazy. I would have said you are crazy. And now we're living in a world where you could really consider Jared Goff to be a top 12 starting option and good enough to be starting in 10, 12 team leagues. He is, he is good enough to do it. And we saw Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers would have had a really nice day if Romeo Dobbs did catch that late touchdown. Still was solid enough. Still still was very, very good. But Jared Goff now, especially if, if you can guarantee that maybe Alan Ross St. Brown is back this week. And we haven't heard any updates on that as of yet. But if Amon Ross St. Brown is back this week, Jared Goff becomes even more appealing for fantasy managers. Looking elsewhere on the waiver wire, we mentioned Justin Fields. He's someone that you kind of look at in Superflex only. Uh, Marcus Mariota with the rushing upside. I like him a lot. Kenny Pickett. This is the one we have to talk about. I mentioned this on the review show. I'm going to mention it here again. He is someone that without a doubt, you must go and pick up 
because he is the kind of option where you look at Mariota, you look at Justin Fields, you look at Jameis Winston, Geno Smith, Jarikoff. You know what they are. You know that they are serviceable options, if not unspectacular. Kenny Pickett, we don't know what Kenny Pickett is. We don't know what the ceiling is with Kenny Pickett. And that's what makes Kenny Pickett exciting. He could be a guy that we're talking about in three, four weeks as a set-and-forget QB option. It's possible. He has that ceiling given the rushing ability that he possesses, given the fact that we're going to see that he wants to push the ball downfield a lot more for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which opens things up totally for the likes of Najee Harris in the run game and Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, pass game. He's someone that you have to have and just look at him and say, okay, I'll keep him on my roster for two, three weeks, see where I'm at, and if he's not doing it for me, then you cut him. But if he is someone that's doing it for you, and he is someone that's giving you the business, <clears throat> he's someone that you have to you have to just try. You have to try and see what you're potentially going to get out of it. With the running backs, my number three ad of the week, it is Brian Robinson for me of the Washington Commanders. He is a must, must, must add. Said it before, say it again. Have to, have to roster him. My number two ad of the week, I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert of the Miami Dolphins. And with Mostert, he dominated, dominated the backfield carries in week number four for the Miami Dolphins. And if you're looking at the backfield carries since week one, Raheem Mostert has dominated so much so that he is basically getting a two-to-one split over Chase Edmonds since week one. The backfield volume has absolutely gone in Raheem Mostert's favor. The issue that I have with Mostert, though, and really any running back on the Miami Dolphins, is that this backfield doesn't have much upside unless it does become a one-man show. If we do get Raheem Mostert by himself, if we do get Chase Edmonds by himself, then then that becomes super, super appealing. But if we don't get that and we continue to get this sort of split, then it's not as, I guess, sexy of a spot. You know, it's not something that I really want to go and spend heavy, heavy money in. Like for me, I would rather take the opportunity to go get Brian Robinson but Raheem Mostert is out there he's my number two out of the week just because I think there's more pathway to immediate production with Mostert than there is with Brian Robinson but if you're more interested in a long-term play and who's that guy that's going to be that potential league winning candidate Brian Robinson is that guy but if you need something right now who can help you right now Raheem Mostert is that guy and then my number one waiver wire ad of the week It is Tyler Algier of the Atlanta Falcons with a caveat of I am super, super interested in going out and trying to get Caleb Huntley. That, I think both of them are going to have a part to play in this offense. Algier looks to me like he's going to be the guy. I mentioned it before, but I wouldn't be surprised again if Caleb Huntley has a role to play in this offense for Atlanta. Uh, Some other options on waiver wire this week. Mike Boone of the Denver Broncos, he's someone to add with speculation, but I'm not ready to just thrust him into a lineup as of yet. 
Jalen Warren, still only 7% rostered. He is the clear handcuff to Najee Harris, who is clearly banged up. Pick up Jalen Warren and stash him. Uh, Rashad White as well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really did use him a significant amount, especially when they were down against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. And he's also the clear handcuff to Leonard Fournette. So go pick up Rashad White, please, and thank you. And then outside of that, I think Latavius Murray could be interesting. But again, pure speculation, if nothing else. For the receivers this week, number three, I'm going to be going with Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. He comes back this week. They need an outlet in the passing game. And I tell you, Bailey Zappi, he looked good. He looked good. He looked in command. Granted, they can only do so much with him because they did not come into week four expecting that Brian Hoyer was going to be injured so early in the contest that they would have to thrust Bailey Zappi in there, but they did. They had to, and he was competent enough. You get Jacoby Myers back this week, hopefully, especially in half and full PPR scoring. He is someone that I think you could realistically call a flex play this week versus the Detroit Lions in Foxborough. Like Jacoby Myers a whole lot this week. My number two ad, George Pickens of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All goes in line with what we talked about with Kenny Pickett. This offense is now going to have a downfield component to it, which I am loving for the prospects of George Pickens in Pittsburgh. He is someone that we've seen the talent. We've seen it already this year. He had the unbelievable one-handed catch on Thursday Night Football. He's a guy that they have to get more involved, and I think they're going to. I, I genuinely believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get George Pickens a bit more involved in their offensive game planning, and they, 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 they have to. They have to because he is someone that they drafted with pedigree, someone that they expected to contribute in this offense, and they have to go ahead and use him. They've talked about this on multiple occasions already, that they have to get George Pickens more involved in the offense. Now, what is his upside, though, for the remainder of the season? His upside probably is that he turns into the third or fourth option in this offense behind Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. But then if one of those guys goes down, then he becomes he becomes a must-start asset, especially if Kenny Pickett is going to just shatter this proverbial glass ceiling. He's someone that you have to have, and especially if you're thin at wide receiver, if you're looking for a guy that has significant upside, this is it. This is the play that you have to be going for. George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers, my number two waiver wire ad of the week. The number one, my number one waiver wire ad of the week at the receiver position, Michael Gallup of the Dallas Cowboys. Scored against Washington. They are bringing him back slowly. But what I like about Gallup, it's not for the immediate. It's for the long term. Because in a couple weeks, we're going to get Dak Prescott back. Dak Prescott right now, from what I've been told from my Cowboys Connects, is that he can't grip a football yet and that it is still looking like Cooper Rush is on track to start in Week 5 versus the Rams. I'm not interested in Gallup this week. You still have to look long-term. <clears throat> and what's the long-term with Gallup? In a couple weeks, when Dak Prescott is back, because Dak loves, loves going and trying to get Michael Gallup involved. And he's going to be involved. They paid him a lot of money. They have to get him involved. And when once he works his way back, 
once he finds his footing and once he's able to contribute on a consistent level, show that he's healthy, he's going to be a significant piece for the Cowboys offense and for fantasy. So he is someone that you have to, have to, have to pay very close attention to. And if he is out there in your leagues, he is a must, must add. Some other options that we have on waivers. We have Isaiah McKenzie, who I like a little bit, did lead the game against the Baltimore Ravens, a little banged up, so important to check his status there. Uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis, listen, a lot of Jets fans don't really want to hear it. They want to hear that it's Elijah Moore. They want to hear that it's Garrett Wilson. But Corey Davis, he's been a source of comfort for Zach Wilson. Scored against Pittsburgh. He, he's worth he's worth having. He's worth having in fantasy leagues. Is he worth starting? Probably not. Um, and then the one the one other one that I absolutely 100% want to point out is Jamison Williams of the Detroit Lions. He is expected back at some point in the next month or so. Pick him up. Stash him while you can. He is 24% rostered. If I do it based on Yahoo and ESPN, Yahoo, he is rostered in 27% of leagues. ESPN, he is rostered in 21. So that is a guy that you must go and pick up just for the upside that he brings to the table. And then for tight ends this week, another very thin, gross, disgusting week to be a tight end, especially if you are streaming. Uh, My number three tight end ad of the week, I'm going to go with Irv Smith of the Minnesota Vikings, was featured early in the game versus the Saints in London, but he's in the range of if he scores, congratulations, you've gotten a good start out of him. If he doesn't score, then you're kind of left kicking yourself. Um, and to be fair, that really is what the tight end stream market is now. It's if your guy doesn't score, then you're kind of left kicking yourself. If he does score, congratulations, you've gotten yourself a nice little tight end start. But Logan Thomas, excuse me, Irv Smith is someone that I am, I'm interested in. I'm very interested in, and, and I spoiled my number two. Sorry, uh, everyone. Uh, my number two ad of the week is Logan Thomas of the Washington Commanders, obviously with Jahan Dotson now out. There are going to be more looks in this offense for the likes of Logan Thomas, for the likes of Curtis Samuel, for the likes of Terry McLaurin. This is good news, good news for Logan Thomas and his prospective managers. He is someone that I want to go and have wherever I can. And then my number one waiver ad of the week, I'm going to be going for Tyler Conklin of the New York Jets. He is the guy that is running most of the downfield routes for the New York Jets. He is getting a ton of playing time, and that is good, good news for anybody that needs help in the tight end department. Uh, Tyler Conklin could be someone that provides an immediate band-aid. If you are struggling, if you are maybe, if you have the Kyle Pitts disease, which if that's the case, I'm so terribly sorry, and I wish you nothing but the best. Um, but Tyler Conklin is is someone that I am wanting to go and explore if he is available in my leagues. Uh, some other ads this week. Hayden Hurst of the Cincinnati Bengals did score in week four, and now he gets a date Sunday night with the Baltimore Ravens. Hayden Hurst, by the way, Hayden Hurst revenge game, just saying. Uh, Robert Tunyon, another guy that did score um, versus the New England Patriots this past weekend for the Green Bay Packers. He's he's half interesting. 
Um, and then Mo Ali Cox of the Indianapolis Colts. I need to see him do it again, but he's interesting on only 4% rostered in fantasy leagues. And now let's go to the conversation that everyone wants to have. Who are the streamable defenses this week? Well, good thing you're here because I can help you out with that. So let's just go through the slate of games and I'll tell you which defenses that I would be starting. Uh, The Colts versus the Broncos. I would be starting the Denver Broncos defense this week. That that is one that I am uh, particularly interested in. That is some that is a defense that I would be picking up and I would be starting, even though it is Thursday night football. And God help us all because we know nothing good ever happens on Thursday night. The Giants and the Packers. Give me the Packers defense. Give me the Packers defense. We don't know the status of Daniel Jones as of yet. Um, if Daniel Jones does not play, then it's looking like Terod Taylor is next up, but even he is hurt. So we don't know what the quarterback situation is looking like with the New York Giants right now. The Green Bay Packers defense is very, very, very interesting. I know a lot of people had them rostered last week versus the Patriots. It kind of worked out. It didn't kind of work out. They were fine. Uh, give the Packers another try this week. Give the Packers another try this week, even though they're going up against Saquon Barkley. I know it's a little bit scary because Saquon looks really, really great. Pick him up start them and it's a London game this week so it's a 9:30 start for the Packers and the Giants Lions and the Patriots um I don't really want either defense if I'm being, if I'm being really honest um Chargers Browns I don't really want any defense there either uh, the past defense of the Chargers is good but they have gotten gashed in the run game two weeks in a row by James Robinson and Damian Pierce, and now they are going up against, in my opinion, the best pure runner in the National Football League in Nick Chubb. So, uh, yeah, I would fade the Chargers, as appealing as they may or may not be. Uh, Texans and the Jaguars, two defenses that I just want to fade. No thank you. Uh, Falcons and the Bucks, of course, the Bucks are owned in, in majority of leagues. Uh, start them against, against the Falcons for sure. Uh, Steelers and the Bills, I would say the Bills, of course, if you have them, you're probably starting them anyway. You don't need me to tell you that. Um, the Steelers, of course, you are going to be benching. Dolphins and the Jets. Start the Dolphins, and, and, and I could see a situation where you start the Jets, but the Jets won't be more than top 15 ranked play for me this week. The Bears and the Vikings. Oh, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a top 5 play, 100%. 100%. The Titans and the Commanders. Eh don't really love both I'm being honest Seahawks and the Saints uh, the Saints probably would be would be the one that I would I would pick again they're not really that appealing they're probably a top 10 play they're startable but I wouldn't be you know going crazy to try and get them if I'm being honest 49ers and the Panthers 49ers are going to be a top three play if not top two if not top one uh Eagles and the Cardinals yeah Eagles, maybe, if you, ha- if you had them against Jacksonville and you want to start them again, that's fine. Uh, Zach Ertz revenge game, by the way. Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, Cowboys, probably, but just because of the sack upside that they bring to the table, and probably same with the Rams, that they're both startable. Um, game is in Los Angeles, by the way. Um, and the Rams just got embarrassed by San Francisco. So, yeah, that's going to be an angry Rams team going against Dallas. But 
the sack potential is what I like with with Dallas if you're going to go and start one of, of, of those defenses. And the Bengals and the Rams, no thank you. And then the Raiders and the Chiefs. I kind of like the Chiefs' defense at home. I, I, I kind of don't mind it. Um, again, they'll be a top 15 play, kind of like the Jets for me, but not something that I'm really looking to go crazy over. Well, that is going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Good luck, everyone, on waivers. Um, I believe it's going to be Jake and I will be back with the Week 5 preview on Wednesday. And then, of course, the mailbag on Saturday, Jake and I. So, can't wait for it. And we will talk to you then. I'm Bert. We'll see you. Bye-bye.